This is the AdLib Music Podcast. Have you been looking for someone to walk alongside you in your worship leadership journey? We love worship leaders. AdLib Music is an organization of worship coaches that is deeply committed to eradicate isolation and burnout so that you bear much fruit. Part of our mission is to give you resources, and this is the worship fertilizer from AdLib Music. Well, hello there. I hope your week is going super great. I'm so glad you tuned in today. So my question is, how do you communicate musical dynamics to your team? I mean, do you say things like, hey, um, can we play that a little quieter on this part and then get big on the bridge? Well, bigger and quieter are only a little helpful when you're giving your band direction. And I say only a little because they're relative and pretty subjective. So it's really, really important that we as a band agree on two things. Number one, the general intensity or the dynamic of each section of the song. And number two, where the summit is. And, and that second one really gets missed uh, with the louder and, and softer approach. But why is it so important that we agree on the summit in, e- in each song? Well, imagine you were hiking and part of your group thought the boulder at 3,500 feet was the summit and not the plateau that was at 5,600 feet. That's a big difference, isn't it? Well, musically, what often happens is that there simply is no summit. And the life in the music is all about the tension, the release, the pushing and relaxing, the getting to that high point as a unit and being patient in the ascent toward it. Well, for a team to agree on what the summit of the song is, you have to name it as such. This is five. This is the summit. Here it is. So, for example, I might say that the first time through the bridge of What a Beautiful Name is not the summit, but rather the second half of the bridge after verse 3 is the summit. And, and by the way, the first verse isn't even a one. It's like a quarter because, after all, if the base camp is only like 50 feet from the, from the summit, <laughs> it won't be much of a climb or a view for that matter. You want the greatest distance from base camp to the summit or at least the widest dynamic range possible throughout the song. And clarity and objectivity is the way to chart the climb. And I like using numbers. That's why I keep saying that five is the summit, because it allows me to say things like, well, this first chorus is a two. Using numbers allows us to agree on dynamics in clear, objective terms. I implement this at a rehearsal by talking through each song just before playing through it, I have my team write down the number for each section of the song on the chord chart. And you know, doing that, at the very least, it will remind each player and singer to play and sing dynamically, just because it brings it to mind. And while we're on it, it's not just the instrumentalists. Singers also have a dynamic range. I always think of the way, this is an older song, but Crystal Lewis sings the first part of Lord, I Believe in You, and she sings it differently than she does the second part. The way she just holds back, lifts the ends of, of phrases at the beginning of the song, like, though I can't see you with my eyes, and the way she says that, and then the way she does it, giving her all at the end, it's just powerful, the difference, and just listening to her vocal and the way she does it. There's a link to that, that video down in the show notes. 
so we, we talk about that and then we play through each song and if there's a section that wasn't dynamically where I wanted it to be, I can say things like, hey, that first bridge was more of a four. I want us to be closer to like a two. And that communicates that there's a significant difference in where we were to where we wanted to be. And of course, it doesn't matter like if you use like a one to five scale or a one to 10 scale or a one to a hundred scale. I don't care. Like I just like keeping it simple. That's why I use the one to five scale. So I'm really curious, you know, how does your team play with dynamics? How do you help them play with dynamics? I have a conversation with David Julian coming up, and it's fascinating because they do a wider range of songs, and they use actual uh, rhythm sheets and charts and, like, notated music. So they have, like, mezzo piano and fortissimo. Like, they have the classic markings on their music but it's it's a fascinating conversation the way he cares about his people and sets them up to win which is kind of what this whole point is about so stick around for that conversation you might be wondering what coaching looks like how does it work how much does it cost we'd invite you to schedule a free 30-minute coaching session no strings attached simply to answer your questions and get to know each other. You can do that by going to adlibmusic.com and then click contact in the upper right-hand corner. We look forward to seeing you on the inside. All right, so we're together today with David Julian, who is the worship pastor at Grace Community Church in Willow Street. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? Man, I'm doing well. So this fertilizer, we're talking, we're trying to give teams tools on how to communicate dynamics because, you know, music that's flatlined sounds like it's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we we need to make sure that our, our teams are are communicating the same language because if we just say, oh, well, you know, play something soft, play this section softer. What's like, what does that mean? Everybody has a, a different, yeah. different idea. So I'm just, I'm curious what comes to mind when you guys, um, when you guys do the music, when you're arranging it, when you're editing, uh, rehearsing it, what are some tools that you guys use? How do you communicate that? Yeah, it's not easy and it can get messy because as mm. artists, we all have different. <laughs> preferences we all have different bents in our musical delivery so a couple of the ways we pursue this first we try and only use written out lead sheets with sheet music notation okay. uh, on the occasion uh, we'll have only chord charts and we typically try to write in notation that is music based like mezzo forte mezzo piano all those things at the same time not every musician we work with knows those things yeah. so we work with them to understand and use layman's terms play soft play loud <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um sing like you're singing a lullaby or sing like you're declaring war on the enemy mm. which yeah yeah so one of the best ways i've found to help my my band understand dynamics is to talk about two things the first is to talk about intuitive playing so mm. when we're playing along with a band which we usually have about 15 to 20 people on our platform so we we are doing the big r&b band yeah. thing intuitively so listening to the guy beside you and making sure what you're doing on your instrument complements and doesn't overshadow yeah what he's doing and what she's doing and what they are doing and if we have 15 to 20 people listening intuitively 
to what's happening around them, we're going to start and finish in the same place. So we focus on the texture. We talk about texture all the time, hmm. where if something is, you know, a dynamic lift and it's it's building and building and building and this big hit and then a quick drop, we talk about the texture of that. We need it to be legitimately textured, not a false texture, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I like that you said it. The way I interpret what you said is that it's not just like, okay, now he's playing it softly or now he's playing it harder or more notes in it. But it, it lacks the, the, the feel behind mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, so it feels genuinely like this is something different for a reason. Certainly. And, and the intuitive texture, at least the, those words have helped me in my ministry understand the difference. Yeah. Exactly like you're talking. That's good. Sorry. You're- no, you're, uh, the, so the second thing we focus on is a difference between, and this is where we get into the heart side of things, mm. The difference between the phrase, my opportunity to serve, and the phrase, my sacrifice of service. Hmm. So, as a musician and an artist, I really want to do one thing. But when I'm in a team of 15 to 20 people, I really need to do another thing. Interesting, yeah. And when I look at my Sunday or my Wednesday at youth group or whatever, as my opportunity to serve, as opposed to my sacrifice of service, then selfishness and pride gets in the way Mm. of that texture and that ability to see the dynamic structure of a whole band as opposed to an individual that really wants to shred. Like, (laughs) you know, if I I were, uh, man, I'll make this as extreme as possible. If I were a cello player, you know, and I wanted to just go for it and I wanted to have this epic, bass line that just sounds amazing and awesome that's great if it's intuitively texturized with everybody around me and the worship leader i'm sitting under is comfortable with it because it adds to the moment and doesn't distract from the people who are sitting in front of us who it's our responsibility to lead in worship and so that that kind of that dichotomy between my opportunity versus my sacrifice. Yeah. Those two things are really what I harp on. That's really good. So how do you guys work that? Do you talk about it before you start playing a song, like in rehearsal? We use resources like Planning Center to communicate it. We try to give out music about six to seven weeks in advance. And on our Planning Center order... Can you say that again? (laughs) Which, yes, I will. I will confidently say that we try to give out music and Planning Center six to seven weeks in advance. If you're not doing that, I would encourage you to try. I was terrified to try it when I started, but I'm so thankful we do it now. Because when a piano player receives their their music and their planning center, they have a month and a half to prepare. And in every planning center song listed, it explains uh, between the measures of 34 and 48, the music says piano, but we want this to be a big anthem. Go for it leave all of it on the platform don't hold back or this song is typically a huge epic anthem and we want to cut it back to just acoustic guitar and keyboard we want to make it a sweet lullaby moment like what i mentioned earlier using layman's terms when we can um and so the best way that we communicate it is then now if we get to rehearsal and somebody has not read those notes and they're like going for it during that lullaby moment 
we just try and respectfully in private mention to that individual, hey, this is great, sounds sweet, but can you not do that? Or we need to adjust this a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you the honest truth, uh, Alyssa, my um, worship coordinator here, she and I often say these things to each other as well. I'll say to Alyssa, hey, really cool, but don't do that. Or she'll say to me, really great, Pastor David, worship pastor, but don't do this. You know? <laughs> um, and we have to maintain that same humility and willingness to hear the truth. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not beneficial or it is beneficial. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, you know, you know, what I hear behind what you're saying is that you're honoring your people mm. by trying to set them up well, by mm. trying to be clear with them, which is kindness, right? Like that's, yeah. that's, that's what drives the six to seven weeks out. It's mm-hmm. not, I don't hear you saying, well, we want to be this polished. We want to be this excellent. We want to be this thing mm-hmm. as much as I'm hearing. We just want to we want to make sure people set up well to serve and that we're honoring their time. Absolutely. Our goal is that it's easy and fun to serve. Yeah. If it's not easy and fun, we won't have people who are willing to sacrifice mm. to serve. Yeah. That's good. Which is a great it's a great segue into the Atoma conference which is coming up. Yes. Um, yeah. Cuz the heart behind that is what equipping the equipping worship leaders with the tools necessary for people-based ministry. I've said that about 5,000 times. <laughs> People-based ministry. And I I, lo- I I love that you're saying that and I'm sad that we have to say that. Sure. Right? Oh you goodness, know, it's yeah. like come on. Like that's what we're doing, but we we don't think that way. So, if you haven't heard of Atoma conference it's coming up May 3rd and 4th. 2019. So can you unpack a little bit of what's happening that that weekend? Yeah, man, I it's hard to explain how excited I am. We are in a matter of uh 2 days going to have a world-class team of leaders, mm-hmm. people who are trained in every area of worship ministry. We have Rory Noland coming as our keynote speaker for a second year in a row. He helped found Willow Creek Ministries. Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. He's currently the head of the worship department at Nebraska Christian College, and he runs Heart of the Artist Ministries. Mm. He's written a number of books um, that have transformed my understanding of people-based ministries. Mm. Um, Last year, we had him, and I had a dozen people say to me, did you hire him just for me, just because (laughs) of my issues? (laughs) And I feel the same way when I when I read his books. Um, and then Vertical Worship, the worship band from Harvest in Chicago, they're going to be joining us on Friday to lead us in worship. Um, we we have an opportunity for our own band here at Grace Community called Outpour Worship to lead on Saturday. Um, and then in addition to that, we have clinics offered, uh, one including you, Dave, uh, for building teams and organizing resources. We have men in ministry, women in ministry, uh, vocals, guitars, um, piano and keyboard. We have a horns clinic, a strings clinic. The goal is that pretty much every part of the platform ministry is touched in one of these clinics. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Very cool. And what 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 does atoma mean? Atoma, it's not an English word, right? <laughs> it's it's a word that loosely derives from a Greek verb describing unity and connectedness. So. I mean, what better way to yeah. base a worship conference? Like yeah. the, the big C church should be on the same page when yeah. it comes to worship ministry. And unfortunately, it's just not. Yeah. And it needs to be. And particularly, you've heard me mention this, the northeastern part of our country 
needs this. Yeah. We need it bad. And it, it, I want to provide it. You know, yeah. if I'm not finding it somewhere else, I'm excited yeah. that we have the opportunity with our sponsors, with our partners, yeah. with all of these organizations jumping in and being a part of it. I'm just glad that we can actually provide it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're and your heart, your heart to do that certainly shines through in, in every single interaction that I've had with you. So good. Thanks, man. Thanks for taking time to sew into the community today and to tell us about Atoma. So yeah. well, thanks for being come. a part of it. Yeah, that's my honor. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, David. Music for this episode is brought to you by The Light, The Heat. Check them out on iTunes. Thanks so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and include one takeaway from this episode when you leave a review on iTunes. And if you send us a question to podcast at adlibmusic.com, we'll be sure to answer it in an upcoming episode. To find out how to grow personally, go to adlibmusic.com slash contact and schedule a free 30-minute coaching session today. You've got what it takes to lead like a champion. The Lord bless, protect, sustain, and guard you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you with favor and surround you with loving kindness. May the Lord lift up his face upon you with divine approval and give you a peaceful heart and life.